Hello and thanks for downloading Journalism Revision Ipso Editor's Code. My name is Sani Rudravagela and we are focusing on the Ipso Editor's Code of Practice for anyone who's interested in press regulation and also for those doing the NCTJ exams in journalism. In order to do this, I've used the Ipso Editor's Code of Practice itself, plus the codebook, uh, McNay's Media Law for Journalists, and I've also cross-referenced that with the PCC and Ipso uh, Rulings Archives. In this episode, we're looking at Clause 10, Clandestine Devices and Subterfuge. So first off, we need to have a look at what the code actually says. There are two parts to Clause 10. The first is that the press must not seek to obtain or publish material acquired using hidden cameras or clandestine listening devices, or by intercepting private or mobile phone calls, messages or emails, or by the unauthorised removal of documents or photos, or by accessing digitally held information without consent. Secondly, engaging in misrepresentation or subterfuge, including with agents or intermediaries, can only be justified with a public interest, and then only when material can't be obtained by any other means. The basic principle of journalism is that reporters are open and transparent when it comes to making their inquiries. So the key to not following this is whether there's a public interest and you've got to clearly demonstrate this. The codebook which accompanies the editor's code of practice has some key questions to ask if you are going to consider breaching clause 10. So things to consider are whether you have a reasonable belief based on credible evidence that your investigation will uncover material in the public interest. And if that's the case, how are you going to demonstrate that to Ipso? You can't have any fishing expeditions. And by that, what they mean is uh, you can't um, suspect somebody's uh, doing something of wrongdoing uh, with no evidence, uh, secretly film them or record them, whatever it might be, and then just so happen to stumble on some evidence that's incriminating. You can't like look at your neighbour and think, oh, they look dodgy, so I'm going to go and like secretly film them or something. You have to actually have a genuine reason in the first place, and Ipsol wants to see that demonstrable reason. If not before you're going to publish whatever it is you're working on, then certainly if a complaint was raised, they might want to look at that. Do you have a reasonable belief based on evidence that the people you're investigating are engaged in the activity that you're looking into? Can the information be obtained by other means? Do you have to go down the route of clandestine devices or subterfuge? Is the subterfuge proportionate to the public interest of the story? And fundamentally, is there a public interest in what you're planning to publish? And finally, have you kept a record of how you've reached your decision? All these things are key and Ipso will want to have a look at all this if they have to investigate a breach in the clause. On the 22nd of July 2016, I know exactly who was the happiest man in England. His name was Sam Allardyce. He'd just signed a two-year contract to become the manager of the English national football team. And on the 4th of September, he led his side out with a late injury time winner to a win against Slovakia in the 2018 World Cup qualifying campaign. By the 27th of September, 67 days and one match into his new role, 
he had left the job by mutual consent. His reign as England manager was one game. What happened to Sam Allardyce as far as Clause 10 is concerned fell completely into the public interest justification. Picture a busy restaurant and Big Sam is sat down looking opposite you. He's got a black suit on, white shirt, he's not wearing a tie, he's got a pint of lager to the side. What he doesn't realise is that there's a hidden camera pointing straight at him from the table looking up at him. It was all part of a sting by the Telegraph based on some evidence that they'd received um, from a credible source telling them about corruption in football. They named specific agents and managers and Sam Allardyce was one of the people who were named. But they wouldn't speak about it on the record, nor could the newspaper get anyone else to talk about it on the record. So with that background, they went and arranged a meeting with him and uh, ultimately he um, said that he would accept £400,000 in principle to speak for a company that he'd never heard of. Um, And that was on top of a £3 million a year salary that he was getting from the FA. Now, there were some additional conversations had at that table relating to uh, getting around ownership rules, or at least that's what the Telegraph originally reported. Allardyce took all of this to Ipso in a complaint um, and Ipso ruled in favour of the Telegraph as far as using subterfuge was concerned but did um, actually uphold the complaint from Allardyce with regards to this third party ownership uh, element of these stories and they had to issue an apology with regards to saying that Allardyce had explained how one could breach certain transfer rules. Thinking about the rationale to go and use a clandestine device in the first place, the Telegraph had some credible information but couldn't obtain any sources on the record, so they felt justified in uh, using this sting in order to find out this information and Ipso backed them on that front. Just a reminder as well that this wasn't a fishing expedition. The Telegraph had what they believed to be a credible source, giving them some information prima facie, Uh, evidence that there was wrongdoing at play and therefore they felt the need to masquerade as a Far Eastern businessman uh, in order to set up this uh, meeting which was part of a 10-month investigation looking into corruption in British football. So that's everything that we're looking at today when it comes to Clause 10, clandestine devices and subterfuge. Remember the key to this is whether there is a public interest justification in carrying out this and breaching the clause. Journalism Revision, Ipso Editor's Code was produced and presented by me, Sani Rudravagula. I'm on Twitter, at SaniR1985. Um, I've got a Muckrack uh, account as well, so you can see some of the other stuff I've been up to. Um, and uh, generally, get in touch, let me know how you're doing, um, and good luck with your exams and your continued journey into press regulation. See you soon. <laughs>